Welcome everybody back to the Health Uncovered podcast. Today I have an exceptional guest. His name is Jonathan Pierce. He is extremely passionate about athletes, sports injuries, providing services that will get you back to your peak performance, no matter what level you are at athletically. He is the owner of Novus, a performance clinic in San Diego. Jonathan competed for Stanford University, where he was All-American in the 3,000-meter steeplechase, then ran professionally with Reebok, Zap Fitness, Asics, and the Mammoth Track Club. Since his athletic retirement, Jonathan has specialized in working to keep you injury-free and at the top of your sport. He has trained the Novus team with the focus of biomechanics of speed and power of athletics, providing in-competition and clinical therapies and to lead the industry in performance programming. Jonathan's list of accomplishments is pretty amazing from being a New York State champion two times in high school, All-American at Stanford, still has a school record, which is so cool. He ran in the U.S. Olympic trials and the U.S. national team presenting at the World Championships and even competed as a professional runner for three years, which is so cool. So I am so excited to introduce to you this amazing provider that I have access to in San Diego. He's worked with a ton of really cool organizations like the Arizona Diamondbacks, St. Louis Cardinals, San Diego Padres, various NFL players, San Diego Chargers. You get the idea. He helps some of the top athletes in the world, and he also helps just those weekend warriors that I sent to him, which is awesome. Today, in this episode, some takeaways that you're going to get is just hearing about Jonathan's background and how it got him to this amazing clinic that he has now. What type of clients do they work with in the clinic? How is his clinic unique or different than potentially going to a physical therapist for rehab? What does the assessment process look like in their clinic? And what are some best patient outcomes? So we talk about things like plantar fasciitis, Achilles tendon rupture, some really complicated things that you may not know actually can fully heal and you can get back to doing the things that you love, which is really cool. So take a listen. Welcome to the Health Uncovered podcast, your go-to podcast for all things health, healing, and what to do next on your health journey. I'm your host, Mercedes Cook, a doctor of chiropractic and a diplomat in chiropractic cranial cervical junction procedures. Each week, my guests and I will be uncovering treatment options and health tips to help you get to the root cause of your health issues. If you're tired of seeing doctor after doctor with no answers, then the show is for you. You'll learn all kinds of healthcare options that you may have not known existed that will help you move forward on your healing journey more confident than ever. I invite you to stay open and curious. All right, let's get into today's episode. Hi, Jonathan. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to interview you today. You are one of my favorite people to refer to in San Diego. And so I'm so excited for my listeners to hear from you and hear what you're all about. So welcome. Great. Thank you, Mercedes. It's really good to be here. I know your background started in, I believe, massage therapy, and then it has led to a bunch of other certifications and doing what you are doing today. So can you please 
walk people through just your professional background and what got you into this sort of amazing rehab sports clinic that you have now? Sure. I guess I really started this career as a professional athlete. I ran track and field and cross country in high school and college. And then as you go higher, the cream really rises and it gets really, really hard to stay competitive at the higher levels. So I kind of realized after a couple of years trying to hack it as a pro that I really wasn't making any money, wasn't doing that well. So I started quickly looking around for like, okay, well, what's going to be next? But I didn't want to get out of sports, right? So I wanted to stay in sports. And at the time, there was an opportunity to do some work as a therapist with the club that I'd been competing for. So I pretty much kind of started while I was going back to school and getting my massage therapy license and all that. I was starting with just doing a lot of basic massage stuff that we were learning in school. And then I was doing some of the different active isolated stretching protocols that the Whartons popularized in the running community a long time ago. And so I was just doing some basic stuff and I was helping our club athletes with you know, some of the strength conditioning in the gym, I was kind of like de facto, like assistant to the master coach that we had, Terrence Mann. So Terrence really gave me that start working with high level athletes right away. And I kind of caught that bug and realized that work with athletes and be involved in the sport, but it was really fun to work on the problem solving side. And so I guess at that time I had already been through a lot of injury myself and I'd been through a good amount of therapy and, and rehab for those things. And, you know, when you're on the track and field circuit, you're going to road races, you're going to different competitions, you end up meeting good providers. There's like usually a mix of skill levels, but there's chiropractors, there's massage people, there's athletic trainers, et cetera. So I kind of started to see people that I liked what they were doing and I wanted to do that. And I quickly realized right away, you have to go and kind of take the ART course material. So I, I never really actually did just massage therapy for very long. I pretty much jumped in two feet to the ART curriculum and I started taking those certifications actively. And once you have built up a skill set with ART, you tend to get, it's a great system. It's a soft tissue kind of management and assessment system, I guess they would say. And it really teaches you how to treat mechanical issues in the fascial tissues and you're treating nerves, you're treating ligaments, you're treating tendon, you're treating fascia and, and muscle. So it's a lot more comprehensive than what I would I would say the average massage therapist does. A high-level massage therapist does this stuff anyway. They kind of probably gain that ability or skill set. But the ART really did a lot for my career and and many other people's careers. And that was a main thing. And I still continue to take they continue to roll out new courses and I take more of that over time. I've I've kind of try to keep learning new stuff. So, and you, you network with people and you get to be friendly with, you know, the educators and some of my colleagues all over the country that work in pro sport or with, in clinics in general population. Yeah. I was going to ask you, cause I knew you were very well versed in ART. I guess when it comes to rehab or soft tissue, any other things or certifications that you took that really sort of directed how you work with clients? There's not a lot of people that would know who this guy is, but Guy Voyer is a French osteopath and he's probably one of the world leaders in anatomy and like his content and the material he's producing around detailed factual anatomy and dissection and things like that is really, really high level. So I've taken a lot of his material, which is like, he has different programs, but the Eldoa program particularly is one. And so Eldoa is a French acronym, but it basically is a uh, spinal decoaption exercise program. And so you're basically learning how to work with and rehab different levels of the spine. And then there's a doa postures for the joints, the hips and the 
shoulder and you know all the different joints of the shoulder, the AC, the SC. Um, you're even you're learning how to manipulate ribs, like self-manipulate. The patient or the client is treating themselves by doing these different exercises. So that's one of the other ones that I've done the most of. I'm an Eldoa trainer, which is kind of like, at this point, it's the highest certification they have in the program. They're going to have like other levels rolling out, but they're trying to build more and more courses, I guess, as we go. So I've done a lot of that work over the years, and that really helps me to work with people with back pain or or neck pain. It's a good tie-in to do like kind of proprioceptive and spinal type exercises in addition to like the more manipulation you would get from ART. And then a lot of my other work was more on the performance side. So I've done a lot of different performance summits and stuff like with Altus or it was formerly the World Athletic Center as an outfit that was based in Phoenix and in Atlanta. So I went and did a lot of different summits with coaches and with, there'd be strength coaches, there'd be people from pro sport world, there'd be people that were in therapy side of it, there were people in other things. So, but honestly, the other best thing that I've done is is having really good mentors. I've had a couple of particularly chiropractors that were really great mentors to me that work on the pro sport side of things. And so a guy named Jerry Ramajita had a big impact on me. He probably wouldn't even know it, but I went to visit him in his clinic in Vancouver, Canada once. And then he worked for years with the Seahawks in the NFL and then with the Warriors, Golden State and the NBA. And he's worked a lot in elite track and soccer and all these other sports. So, so Jerry has a big impact on me. And then I have a pretty good relationship with a chiropractor named Tom Michaud, who's uh, based on the East Coast in Boston. He's like the godfather of the foot and ankle, but really everything. I mean, he's an expert in like cervical spine manipulations and other things too, shoulder problems. But he's written a couple amazing textbooks and built a lot of tools and devices that people like me use clinically to test detailed things in the foot and ankle. And then I had another good mentor, Sean Robeck, who's a chiropractor here in San Diego. He was my chiropractor when I was an athlete. A coach named Dan Paff has developed a whole generation of therapists because of his knowledge on the therapy side, but as a biomechanist and approaching it as a track coach, he really had a big impact on me as well. So I think the mentoring is one of the bigger things, even than the coursework. So through all of these courses and things that you're learning, and I know that you were a high-level athlete, tell us about the people that you do see in your clinic. Are they all high-level athletes? I mean, I know the answer to that question because I send like my weekend warriors to you. But yeah, just tell our listeners, like, who are the type of people coming into your clinic? You know, I don't want anybody to feel excluded or you know, if someone was interested in working with us, they, they shouldn't be kind of looking down on themselves if they're not a high athletic level. My vision for when I started this company, it was in, which was in 2016, was I really wanted to build a place where we'd have Olympians and Major League Baseball players in there working next to or near to 70-year-old grandmas. And I wanted to have a waiting room and an environment where you'd have everyday people, high school kids, high school athletes, families, interacting with people like that. And you kind of cast these visions sometimes and you don't really know how you're going to get there, but it actually has really played out that way. So like right now, if you go out there, we've got a couple pro baseball guys and we've got a, you know, like a guy who's a cardiologist who's just in there working hard. He's not an athlete, but he, he does athletic things, plays tennis and skis and all these things. And then we've got, yeah, we literally have old ladies that are coming off of a joint replacement surgery or trying to prevent one. We'll have people that are like hard charging, like in the middle of their ski season right now, because it's winter time. And they're like, 
I banged up my shoulder and I'm, you know, 42 years old and I have kids and I'm busy, but I like, I can't not fix this shoulder right now. So we do have a, a truly a nice mix. And I don't think it's a good, I mean, business-wise, you're always told to develop a niche in all of these things, but I don't think our niche is necessarily the personnel that we're working with. It's more like the types of work we're doing is what I would say. We're in close to Coronado, California, right? So we have, I have all these Navy SEAL guys that are in the facility. Like we'll go through period where I've got 20 Navy SEAL guys for a week and then they're gone training and then see them for three weeks. But, uh, but it's, that's a really fun population that I get to work with and make a big difference on. And I really care for our military people. And, and I think getting a chance to help them is one of my favorite things. Yeah, I love that. And I love that you guys do see people like my husband who hurt their lower back going to the gym. And then you also see like pro athletes. I think that that's amazing. And it also kind of shows how great your skill set is. And so that's why I love referring to you because whenever people have, especially like any sort of extremity issue, which is not my thing at all, it's so easy to refer to you guys. Everybody's had a great experience and it makes me so happy. So more on to that, because this is a question I get a lot when I'm, you know, let's say my patient has a shoulder injury or a knee injury whatever it is, they will ask me, you know, what is unique about going to Jonathan's clinic? How is it different than maybe going to like a PT clinic? So could you talk a little bit more about kind of what you guys all offer, maybe how it is different than PT? Just walk us through that. Yeah, absolutely. So I actually, I don't currently, not that I couldn't in the future, but I don't currently have a PT on staff. We're a totally a cash pay model. So we don't do any work with insurance. We're outside of the the cartel. We don't participate in that experiment. And so as a result, I think probably similar to you, we can afford to really call the shots and how we provide the services. You know, if someone comes in for a shoulder thing, I don't need to get permission from their insurance to then treat their neck, which might be the root of the problem, for example. Or if they come for a hip thing, then the codes say, oh, well, you know, the script is for PT for the hip, but like literally the problem is that their ankle dorsiflexion is 14 degrees on that side. And on the left side, it's 29 or 33. So that's a big difference that the PT insurance model is very, in my opinion, broken, not due to the PT's fault, but due to the insurance model's fault and the insurance cartel. And so we're very different from that. You know, you're going to pay more per visit coming to us, but we are going to spend a lot of one-on-one time with that person. And we're going to do a lot of deep dive into the root cause. Our assessment is more thorough, more data-driven. There's a lot more quantitative data and analytics collected about the problem. And I have a really great, on the therapy side of our group, I have a really great testing process where we collect a lot of actual quantitative numbers. And then you can really tell when someone's getting better in addition to their subjective reporting, which is also very important. I think a lot of places don't have the time or the manpower, women power to do that type of work, or they don't even have the knowledge on what data is relevant or evidence-based. So we're going to do that. I think the other thing that's different is like we thrive in a scenario of, I have a clinic that has a bunch of tech, right? I've got laser, I've got a direct current device. We have some higher end tools that you just won't find in many PT clinics. A few cash pay clinics maybe have these kinds of things. They tend to be really heavily reliant on exercise, a little bit of manual therapy. We're really heavy on manual therapy to get range of motion established, to get tissue healthier enough to manage exercise load, handle more load. 
And so we do those things, you know, I think really, really well. And then we transition people really well because the clinic is right next to the gym. So we can, that rehab process of someone that's, let's say a golfer and a gym guy like your husband, if he goes to PT in a very conventional setting, he's going to do a lot of body weight, basic exercises, and then they're going to say, okay, go back to the gym. And that's a big jump. If you've had a good amount of back pain for a month or two, that might be a big jump. Like where do you start in the gym? How much do you do? And so for us, we can put him in the gym under a little bit of load, modulate that, watch it, be adaptive to it. And so I think that therapy bleeds back to training or bleeds into training. It Mm -hmm. doesn't just hardline stop and start a new thing. And that's what you have in the pro sports world. That's what you have in good rehab scenarios. You should be able to do that. And I think that's where we excel. We blur that line purposefully in order to make the return to sport, return to activity, return to the person's life pursuit better and more efficient. Yeah, I know. I love that. And can you go back to, you mentioned your guys's assessment process. I know you do very thorough examination and take a lot of objective measures. So can you walk us through, like, what do you guys look for? Like, are you going to check all the joints regardless of if someone comes in for a neck or shoulder injury or what does that look like? So that it's going to depend on what they present with to an extent. We have so many tests that we could do. Like if someone came in with a specific thing, a neck problem or a shoulder problem, and especially if they had some imaging to support it, or they had someone like you, like giving us like, here's my diagnosis. Here's what I think is going on. We would start by doing like a general postural and movement assessment, and then see what else jumps out downstream of that problem. And then we would test anything that is kind of obvious or looks really nefarious in that area or in in any of those areas. And I can talk about an example of that in a second, just to be more specific to your answer or to, to answer your question. But then we would definitely do a lot of detailed measurements on, you know, shoulder, cervical, et cetera, like that. But generally I have actually different kinds of assessments that we do. We even have like, for those of your listeners that are interested, like we offer free trial days in our facility. And with that, you can book a free injury screen. And then we have different screens that I run based on the demographics. So I have a screen that's specific to overhead athletes, people that throw, people that rock climb, people that weight lift overhead, like CrossFitter or Olympic lifter or a SEAL that's going to carry heavy stuff. So I have a screen for that. I have a screen for aging seniors that just need to make sure we age well that is all evidence-based. Like I'm going to look at how does their grip strength, can they hang on a bar for 20 seconds? Can they exercise their calf to a certain amount? Because there's a lot of evidence that having a certain amount of strength in your soleus muscle contributes to actual dementia or prevents dementia and Alzheimer's and improves cognitive function, for example. And then toe strength and soleus strength are the two big markers in elderly people for reducing falls. We know that reducing falls literally saves lives or increases lifespan. So I have different kinds of screens that will run on different populations. You know, we have a weekend warrior type of a screen. We have a running uh, specific screen for anybody that plays a running sport, or we also do a lot of runners. So I have different screens and those are all like 15 minute screens that we can run on someone. They're not as specific as a, a detailed injury evaluation or trying to get to the root of a biomechanical problem. And then in terms of someone coming with a neck and shoulder complaint, for example, to get back to your question. Yeah, we would do a postural analysis. And let's say we decide with that person that we see, not only do they have issues with their neck and shoulder, and maybe they have a significant imbalance in the posture of the shoulder, we might notice that like their knee 
doesn't function very well on one side when we watch them walk and we watch them do step up and step down and things like that. And so then we would have to then evaluate how is the knee playing in with their pelvic, the mechanics of their hip, and then how does that relate to the shoulder and, and neck? So we're definitely going to screen some of those things. And we basically can kind of just order off the menu, pulling all the tests that we want to do and, and test those things. I love that. Well, I remember one of my patients that came to you for, I don't know, I think it was like, I'm sure this happened to a lot of people. It was like a foot thing, but then we really figured out that like how their hips were moving and what was going on there. Like that was kind of the primary issue with the foot and with the mechanics. And I'm sure that happens vice versa where people think they have a hip issue, but really it's a foot issue. And that makes me think all the time that like I had a hip issue when I was younger. And if upper cervical chiropractor never looked at my neck and told me that's where my issue was, I would probably still be having this issue. So I really appreciate providers who, yes, we're going to pay attention to where you have pain, but we're actually going to get to the root cause of why it's there. And a lot of times it's not the area that you're having pain. So that's why I like you to explain your assessment, because I think it says a lot about the provider, how they do their assessments and like what what they're doing. I love that you do all of those sort of like free screenings and then you can move them into, okay, what do they actually need, which is amazing. And then what sort of like, I guess, measurement tools or objective measures are you trying to look for when you're doing an assessment? Yeah, great question. Like we can start at the ground. And so like I use some different dynamometers. A lot of my tools come from the chiropractor I mentioned, Tom Michaud, who has invented a lot of cool things that you can use to really hone in in detail. So it will test people's, how much can they push their big toe down into the ground? Like how much flexion do they have in the big toe? And then we do that also for the four digits. You can basically figure out that people need to be able to have a certain amount of toe strength into flexion as a percentage of body weight. You know, build a profile for that person of, okay, here's my body weight, here's my activity level, and then here's the percentage of strength I need to have, for example, in those. So like if you're a, you know, an aging senior that wants to just age gracefully, and that's a big, you know, all these baby boomers, right? Like we know that that healthcare burden is coming and all of that is an example. So if we could take every baby boomer and make sure that their big toe flexion strength got up to like 10 or 12% of their body weight, it's a pretty substantial amount of work to be able to do that. They, we would really reduce falls. And that's the literature tells us that. Same for, like I said, the soleus already. So I, I use like a seated calf machine and we'll test someone where we see if can actually perform 25 reps at a certain weight that's a percentage of their body weight relative again to their activity. Then we do we do tests for the major calf muscle because that really affects, you know, our foot conditions, our plantar fascia problems, our you know, athletes, stress fractures and things like that. So we'll measure, look at strength in the gastrocnemius and compare that to strength in the soleus. And that tells us if it were at risk for an Achilles problem, right? For example. And then we do other testing, of course, all the normal orthopedic tests that you would do for, you know, specific problems, drawer tests and drawer tests for the ATFL ligament in the ankle and things like that. We'll measure pronation or also known as medial drift of the talus in the ankle. We can help people figure out if they're in the right shoe, if they need a different shoe choice or a different foot insert in their shoe. And we do a lot of work with that to improve biomechanics and improve ground contact and things like that, or offload away from a Morton's neuroma or a um, a plantar problem or things like that. So people that have had chronic sprains often will have problems in their foot and ankle that contribute upstream to the knee. And so we can tweak their footwear or their inserts of their shoes to 
to work with that. So, and then I don't know, we do a lot of ratio testing and we're using again, a, a handheld dynamometer to test how much strength do they have in their glute med as a, as compared with their piriformis, for example. And there are certain ratios that you should have in strength in those muscle groups to stabilize your knee joint so that you can avoid an ACL problem. So we'll look at that. We'll do the same for the shoulder. And so for like external cuff rotators and, and subscapularis, we do ratio testing to look at how stable someone's rotator cuff is. And then a lot of normal range of motion testing with a digital goniometer, of course. Yeah. That's the major stuff. And then I do more functional strength testing too, depending on the case. Like we have certain tests that we want people to be able to pass for their for trunk stiffness and hip strength and different single leg, different single leg tests that challenge core strength at the same time as you're working certain muscles of the hip. So cool. Well, that's I think a lot of stuff. That's a lot <laughs> of stuff, but I love it. You guys are very, very thorough. I mean, that's why you yeah. get such great outcomes. So speaking of that, I know you've mentioned like kind of the types of people that you see, but what are things that are coming into your clinic where you're like, oh yeah, we will absolutely help this person because we're great at this. Like, are there some cases or conditions that you have better outcomes on and what are those? I would say we, we do pretty well with most of it, but if I had to pick, I would say chronic LBP, chronic low back pain. We do really, really well with that. I feel like we have a really good system to assess root causes and then and treat it. I think we have really successful outcomes there. Usually we'll, that sometimes is a team approach. Like sometimes you need we need a little bit of like collaboration with a few other people in our network, you included, but that's a really good one for us. But I think the other ones that come to mind are Achilles tendon, Achilles tendon injuries, Achilles tendinopathy. You know, I, I worked with an Olympic, three-time Olympic medalist who tore his Achilles full rupture and did two surgeries. You know, he and I did a long rehab together right in the middle of COVID. We were kind of working through that and um, he ended up coming back to the Olympics to get fourth a year later. So that was a really good outcome in the triple jump, which is a challenging event for for the Achilles. So I think we do awesome with Achilles tendinopathy or or chronic Achilles injury. I've had I had a really good, like a world-class miler last year who had a very chronic one. We got him turned around pretty well. And a shout out to Corey King, uh, my uh, naturopath friend who who really helped on that one. And then I think we've had plantar. I get really, really exceptional outcomes with plantar fascia. Like you know, some of the ones like the Achilles and the planner are kind of like the the injuries that people whisper about because they're so afraid of getting them because they get this bad rap, like they, they're impossible to fix and all this stuff. I don't want to appear overconfident. I just haven't seen it that way. I've seen that those are some of the easiest things to get better for us. So we, I think we get really great results with those. And I've done so much work in elite track and field. I've, I've done a million high hamstring tendon rehabs, I guess. So I feel we get really good results with those. Those are challenging, but they go well if you kind of treat them holistically. And then, you know, any problem in the hip and shoulder, we do well there. I know that's kind of sounds like we're getting to a lot of, I could just say the whole body, but I think I have really good track record with tendinopathy. I think I feel really confident there. Yeah. Well, I think like you said, even with the Achilles injury, the plantar fasciitis, I feel like I have a lot of patients that come in with that and typically just our Western medicine route. They don't have a ton of of options. So I think people do kind of get in their head. There's not really a lot I can do. I'm just going to stop running or I'm going to stop doing this thing. So the fascia on my feet don't keep getting tighter, which is unfortunate because like you said, I used to be a runner and I got plantar fasciitis. And thankfully I had my friend that was a chiropractor do some work with me. And then I literally never had it again. 
And so it's definitely possible to treat these things. I feel like you just have to, again, be connected with the right provider. So, And the, the rice approach is a really poor way to treat like these chronic tendon fascial type injuries, you know, like if you're just doing rice or the recommendation is rice and a steroid injection, you're, you're just not even close to scratching the surface of, of what's possible with the recovery. And it, you're right. Mainstream medicine, the providers, it's not their fault. They just really struggle to manage those. We're awesome at like acute trauma care and emergency care. We're awesome at that, but we just, the model doesn't set itself up for success with chronic you know, musculoskeletal things, I think. Yeah, for sure. But hopefully the people listening to this will now have this knowledge, Jonathan. So that's going to be amazing. <laughs> you're, you're the solution. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Now I want to get into, I think that was really helpful, especially some of those things that people may not know what to cut type of provider to go to, especially the Achilles and the plantar fasciitis. But I know that along with having obviously serious injuries, whether you are an, an athlete or just a weekend warrior, I know you also work with doctors as far as like the regenerative process, things like PRP, all of that. So can you speak to that? Are you good at assessing patients for when they need regenerative therapies? And what do you typically refer out for? Walk us through a little bit of that. I have to say, like, I learned this really early, like one of my mentors, Dan Paff, that the really elite track coach and biomechanist, he he taught me this early on and I give him all the credit. Like he built a really good network of people that he could rely on for expert advice and opinions. So right when I started working in San Diego, my first clinic I worked in was a, a chiropractic and PT clinic down in Hillcrest called Fixed Body Group. I started trying to network with some doctors that I found that did some regenerative type medicine. And that was this was back in 2012. So it was very early in like the PRP days comparatively. Like PRP had been around for maybe maybe eight or 10 years. I'm not exactly sure, but it wasn't very common at that time, even still, even though it'd been starting to be used. And and so I found these guys out, you know, it's the San Diego Sports and Family Medicine Group out on Alvarado Road uh, in La Mesa. And there was two docs there, Dr. Stephen Rohrer and Dr. Doug Dengerink, who I, I ended up getting a lunch meeting with. And I talked to them about you know, what they were doing. And, you know, we had a few people in common that we had seen. And so that made it easier. And those guys were super open-minded. They're DOs and they're sports medicine physicians. And so they were really embracing the the use of PRP for chronic tendon problems or, you know, sprain strain type stuff and, and even some joint conditions. And so I've just gotten to work with them a lot over the years, people that they treat and then send us to get some manual therapy done or some more rehab type stuff done. I've worked alongside of those guys a ton. And then I have another good friend, Dr. Corey King, who's a naturopath, and he does amazing work with injections. And he'll run kind of the full gamut. He does stem cell when needed. He does PRP first usually. And he also does what's really interesting, ozone injections with the PRP. And uh, and that's more common with the naturopathic side. They tend to be pretty, you know, they'll embrace the ozone as a treatment tool. And so, yeah, so I got to work with him and then I have an athlete that I've coached now for about uh, 12 years. There was a brief time where I was working in Seattle for uh, doing some consulting work up there and I wasn't here. She got hurt while I was away and then her knee was jacked up. She was more of a senior athlete and I ended up calling my mentor, Jerry, in Vancouver and we went to see him and then we got connected to a stem cell doc in Canada. So she went and did stem cell in, in Kelowna, BC. And then I got to work with that doctor, but he was great. He was your typical, really nice, friendly Canadian. <laughs> and he and I kind of worked with her on the rehab and got her back. And 
you know, she went from not being able to walk upstairs without, you know, significant eight out of 10 pain in her knees to now she continues. What is this? Like six, seven years later, she sprints on the track three to four days a week and competes in masters track and field all over the country and world. So, so we made a really good recovery with her, for example. She was just really happy with that. And I've referred other people to that doc in Canada and we also got similar results with people. And I feel really confident with working with those kinds of procedures and working alongside the protocols to support what is happening on the regenerative side. The regenerative medicine world is so exciting. There's so much potential for people. And it's actually, you know, when you think about it, at first it's not covered by insurance. So people are going to think that it's expensive, but you know, let's say you have seven out of 10 knee pain in your knee and all the time or anytime you're active. And if you could, you know, spend three grand in injectable regenerative processes and do a protocol of like multiple rounds of PRP and ozone, and then, you know, spend two grand doing therapy and rehab, like you're in for five grand or something like to save your knee from a knee replacement. I think that's a good deal. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, and everybody's in a different place in life where they value these things, right? So I can't value it for someone, but I've had a lot of people that are very happy to take that deal. Yeah, <laughs> so, no, for so, sure. Yeah, so I feel really good about uh, working with those clinicians and I've been very blessed to just get to collaborate with some of these clinicians that I think are unbelievable and they get great results and they really care about the long-term fix for the patient instead of just some meds or some a blanket over top of the problem. Do you kind of have a process where like you would work with a client, let's say, I don't yeah. know, for however many weeks to see if there's improvement alone with just like your rehab, yeah. soft tissue stuff. And then if there's yeah. not improvement, that's when you know like, okay, we might need some help with the regenerative yeah. side to like help with yeah. some healing and repairing and things like that. Yeah. And a lot of it's driven by goals and current status of activity, the timeline that they may be on with that goal. And, you know, what are the eventualities? Like, what are they trying to get to? And then Usually we'll get imaging and get their regular physician or their sports physician to kind of work on the imaging side and get a really good detailed diagnosis. We'll also get a really functional assessment of where are we at and where are we not and how does that match with the goal and the end, the end desirable results. And, and then if you're on a certain timeline or often we will do a lot of prehab type work with someone before they're either going to have a surgery or before they're going to, you know, do some regenerative treatments or something like this. And usually I can get a sense like, okay, this is responding really nicely. And maybe we can, we either don't need to do that, or we're going to wait on that for a little while and ramp up the loading, the activity level and rehab process, get the mechanics all dialed in before they then do that to finish it off. Sometimes you got to do that first to stimulate some healing, and then you can, you know, do more on the other side. It really just depends on where you meet this person, where they are in the process. I have one gentleman right now who plays very competitive tennis. He was a very skilled tennis player and coaches high school tennis and you know wants to play. And so he got sent to me by one of the docs that I mentioned that I work with out here. And you know, he had a an acute injury to his knee, a meniscus tear and some other injuries. And but it wasn't the right timing I could tell to do the any regenerative right away. So we got him to a baseline where now he's totally functional. He's got full range in the joint. He's able to play tennis. He's doing all this incredible stuff in the gym he couldn't even do before. And his ankle and lower leg that were a problem and he didn't know are fixed or really under control. They're stabilized. That's what caused the original acute problem. And now I think it's time for him to do a little regenerative because he's a young guy. He's in his, I think, upper 40s. And his goal is to play 
high level tennis for at least another 20 years or more. So I'm like, okay, well, we got to finish it off. And so now it's the time to do the, that regenerative piece. You know, that's kind of the plan with his doc that we think that can go now. And he's, he's ready to absorb that. The other thing I want to mention that I think people need to know is that when you have a, a problem in your, in a joint, it requires a different kind of stimulus in terms of training and load than if you have a problem in a tendon or a soft tissue. And so we have to look specifically at what the problem is and then determine the loading. You don't just do the same kinds of exercises for every type of tissue. You know, So if you have a cartilage problem in your knee or you have, you're recovering from a joint injury, the type of ultimate load we got to get to on that is very different. That kind of tissue, that cartilage and um, that the types of collagen that makes up the cartilage requires a different stimulus. It requires a lot more plyometric type stimulus and, and high, high velocity type stimulus. Whereas a tendon requires either more eccentric load or more isometric load, depending on what you need to get done on the tendon. So if you have a, a disease tendon, a tendinosis, you need to do more isometric load. If you have a tendon that's really weak and and um, not strong and not stiff, you need to do a lot of eccentric load. So I think people don't know that. And I think most providers miss that. And I think we have a really good working process. And there's, if you just follow the research, is it out there for you to understand? But a lot of people just aren't keeping up with the latest tendon research or what elite performance people are doing in, on the cutting edge side. That really should drive our rehab processes for the everyday athlete, the weekend warrior, the senior person, everyone. Yeah, for sure. No, I love that. That was so helpful. I learned something new. So that's amazing. <laughs> okay, Jonathan, this conversation was amazing. I'm so excited. It'll be great to share it with my patients whenever I'm referring. And then hopefully anybody listening who maybe is struggling or not getting the answer to some of their like joint or tendon issues. Now they've learned something new and they can go hopefully either connect with you if they're in San Diego or find someone like you wherever they are. So can you please tell my listeners, where can they find you? Where can they follow you to kind of keep up with your work or connect with you if they want to? Absolutely. Yeah. And even for people that aren't in San Diego, we do some remote work and we take some consultation uh, work that's remote or virtually done, right? Uh, usually in a forum like this, uh, Skype or something. So we can definitely do some of that uh, with some cases. Sometimes, no, you need to do hands-on, but it, it is an option for people. But yeah, you can connect with me my company Instagram account is pretty active. We do a lot of content there. That's at Novos Athlete, N-O-V-O-S Athlete. And then my Instagram is at Pierce, my last name, P-I-E-R-C-E, F as in Francis, Jonathan. So those are both good ways to kind of see what we're doing and keep in touch. And then um, probably, you know, my email is a good way to get a hold of me. Jonathan at NovosAthlete.com would be a good way too. So yeah, so I'm very eager to take uh, questions that people have or if people need help with things, it's no problem. Yeah, I love that. Thank you so much. I will, of course, include all your information in the show notes. But thank you so much for just taking the time to hang out with us and sharing all of your knowledge. I'm so excited for all the people that you will help in the future and it'll be amazing. So thanks for being on the show. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Mercedes. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope this information was valuable and that you share it with a friend or family member who is struggling to find answers to their health issues and they want help moving forward with their healing journey. 
If you want to keep the conversation going, follow me on Instagram at drmercedescook. To request a consultation to work together, head to uppercervicalsd.com. I appreciate you tuning in and I look forward to seeing you here next week to dive into the next topic together.